What's up? Welcome to the Danny Picard Show, Wednesday, April 1st, 2015. No April Fool's joke. Billy Jaffe is in studio with me today. Boston Bruins analyst, Vanessa, also an analyst at Sportsnet and the NHL Network. As we do every day, broadcasting here from the Beantown Athletic Studios in Dorchester, Massachusetts. Uh, Billy, great to have you in studio. Appreciate you coming in. My pleasure. This is like as authentic as it gets. Yeah. I mean, for a podcast, right? For anything. Well, for any, no. For me in Boston, mm. I'm still a relative newbie. I mean, I'm not. You can hear by my not accent. Yes, that I'm. I can hear I'm that. from the Midwest okay. uh, originally, but I have a lot of family that's from Boston. Winthrop, in fact, Winthrop, Winthrop. That's mm-hmm. where my grandmother lived and grandfather. Never got to meet him, but anyway, my mom was raised there, and uh, you know, I get to come here. I get. I. It, it's almost. You know, this is it. This is this is this is real. This is. I hear you. I see you. I see that where we're at right now. This is I, I. 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 think I feel local now. Yeah. Well, we are glad to have you. We watch you all the time. We listen to you all the time. We can also hear you on ninety-eight five, the Sports Hub here in Boston. Yep. Um. You see national TV. You got local TV, and we'll get to some Bruins. We'll get to hockey. But this look. This isn't. This is Dorchester. This is awesome. And now I'm from Southie. But these guys, you know, they're from Dorchester. They got the store here, so we built the studio. And this is great. It's it's close enough. You know, close enough to home for me. Well, yeah, I understand. And remember, you're spreading your wings a little yeah. bit. It's always important. These dot rats to get yourself know. out a little bit. <laughs> you know, it's amazing the great neighborhoods in all cities. They're great neighborhoods because they have characteristics, right? Yeah. But a lot of the people from those neighborhoods don't go anywhere else, so they you're, don't. You're looking at one so they right don't now. know. So you're spreading your wings. I'm proud of you. I just met you Thank officially. You. Thank you. It's good. It's the first step it's to, the to many different I've, things. It's the furthest I've gone. Dorchester. New Hampshire will be next. <laughs> New Hampshire will be next. Uh, that's stretching it. I think we got to get to Quincy first before we get to uh, New Hampshire. Well, I've driven to, to this past this numerous times. I'm, I'm not this studio, but yeah. on my way to we have some friends just in the next town over. And uh, actually, when I moved here, I stayed with them for a while before my family moved here. So I'm spreading my wings, too. I, you know, I'm with you. So did you spend any time as a kid in Boston if your grandma only, lived in Winthrop? Oh, uh, not. Yes, I came to Boston regularly, once or twice a year. This was in the, you know, I'm a lot older than you are. Yeah. This is in the era of where you just didn't get on a plane like everybody does now at, like that. Mm-hmm. You don't go online and click it and say, okay, for 300 bucks going. It was, I grew up in Chicago. It was a big deal to come see my nana. She lived in Boston then, 180 Beacon Street. Mm-hmm. Remember the address? Know it well, there still see the building. Uh, she had moved out of Winthrop, uh, you know, lo- long before I was born. But I used to come here twice a year. And the whole family, four of us would come here. And it was phenomenal because she was involved with what was then called State Street Bank. She was the secretary, executive assistant, mm-hmm. PC, correct, right now, um, for the president of the bank. And the president's would deal with all the owners and the managers of the teams, of the, Bruin, of the, the Bruins, the Celtics, okay. et cetera. Yep. Long story short, <clears throat> she became, she was a wonderful lady, I'm biased, but she, she was a wonderful lady and they all loved her. She became friends with them, so every year I'd come in and it would be tickets to something else. It would be, we'd go to a Bruins game. We'd go to a Red Sox game. Um, I got to go in the dugout once. I mean, you know, I'm eight years old. I don't really yeah. remember it, but I remember it. Yeah. Backup catcher, I believe, was Jim Montgomery. Uh, was it Montgomery? Darn, I can't remember. Anyway, it was in that era. I'm a lot older than you are. Met him. And, it's a, and Boston, that's why Boston teams, my favorite. 
hands down, over Chicago. Oh, so, so you did grow up a Boston sports fan, even legit. though you lived in Chicago. Legit. Oh, I didn't no, know that. No BS. Not saying it for legit. Grew up a Boston fan, and my favorite sport. I played hockey. Mm-hmm. Was hockey. Yeah. And my favorite players were uh, first Kenny Hodge, a little bit. Yeah. But then Peter McNabb. The commonality is number eight. So then I get older, and who wears number eight next? Cam Neely. Mm-hmm. And so there's been a great lineage. I just happened to be number eight when I started playing hockey at four. I, I think I got it at six years old, and that just became my. You know, there's that connection there. So this must be a thrill to cover the Bruins. More of a thrill than I thought it would be. Now that I hear the story in the background, this must be pretty cool to cover the Bees. It's very cool. It is very, very cool to cover the Bruins. Um, you know, I'm going on my, this is my fourth season with, with mm-hmm. the Bruins. My first, this is my second season being a true Bostonian living here. For my first two years, I lived in New York still because I was with the NHL Network. I was in and out of there. I was with MSG Network still doing a show yeah. there. I flew to Toronto all the time, too, for NHL Network up there. Um, so when I originally agreed with Bruins, Nesson people, a couple of years back, it was a real thrill uh, because, you know, I'm like, all right. But I had wonders. You know, I knew people knew me from my national work, but would they accept me because this is such a different uh, market in mm-hmm. the sports market? I mean, there's a few markets that only like this in the country. I've, been, I've lived in a bunch of places, and I can tell you Chicago is like this. Uh, New York is kind of well, like because you covered the Islanders for a good stretch. Well, I did the there, Islanders, right? but then also, I, but then I also did, I also did. They had a bigger show on MSG too. That when I was done with the Islanders, I did that. It was called Hockey Night in New York. Okay, so I did that as well. So yeah, I lived there for six, seven years uh-huh. in, on Long Island, and also worked in the city a lot. So long story short, yes, again, a, a real thrill to be here. Um, one of my coolest moments I ever had, though, in covering the Bruins, was when uh, before I was here with the team. First of all, it was always cool when I came in, either with Atlanta or the Islanders, my previous teams, and I just thought about, I'm in Boston, and it's great, and doing this, yeah. and so it meant a lot. But there was a game, on, it's not going to be a good memory for Boston Bruin fans, but uh, the game <laughs> seven against Philadelphia when they're up 3 yeah. nothing in that yeah. series. I'm working nationally for verses. I'm, get him out of here. Exactly. Bring that up. I, well, I'm the analyst. <laughs> Everybody has to go through pain to get glory, and I'm doing that game, and I thought, you know what? This is damn cool, because I'm here. Uh, yeah, I'm down the middle as a national analyst, but I'm here doing Game 7, national TV. Mm. This is freaking fantastic. So I, I, it's special for me to be here. I, I, my family loves living here, too, now. Yeah, so with the Bruins, we know how they finish the next season. After That's that. my point. Hoisting La Coupe Stanley. Yep. And now we're looking at the Stanley Cup playoffs. And I guess the implications of some late regular season games. The Bruins have five games left. They yep. get a huge win last night against the Florida Panthers. One that, B- Billy, I, I'm not going to lie to you. Going into that third period, I, I didn't think they were going to win that game. Felt like crap. You know, you, you felt <laughs> like you saw the way Bokowski tried to do too much with a puck that was on edge. And it ends up being Brad uh, Boys down the other end. And, and Let me go home one sec. Let me, uh, anybody who has played, I was just talking about that exact play with, yeah. on my drive in here. I'm not going to defend Bartkowski. He didn't have a great game last night. No. I have more uh, uh, comments about other plays he made than that play. Tuca did not let in a good goal there. No. Listen, that was a, a calamity of unfortunate errors and some just bad, and, and not unfortunate, also just bad from start to finish. But the Bruins win the faceoff. That's good. Anybody who's played hockey at any level, I don't care for ankle benders or up to pro. Mm-hmm. They've had the puck bounce over their stick before. Of course you sure. want to cup it and you want to watch it again. And it's, it's, 
it, you want him to stop it at the very least, right? You do. When you but, watch Botkowski, though, as the season goes on, I mean, even if you watch him in seasons past, there are certainly, you know, a moment like that is something in which you say, okay, anybody else but Botkowski might take that puck and, and just stop it. And least. stop it. I don't disagree with you about that. It, it's, but again, I had more comments about other plays that he made with the puck mm-hmm. and without the puck. And, that one I look at and I say, okay, wait, he's skating back, he's re- trying to recover. Was it McQuaid who came over, right? The, uh, the flush out yes. boys a bit. And then Tuka let that goal. Yeah. That's, That's one he needs to save. Oh, my God. Um, yeah. yeah. That's one he needs to save. I do think, though, that Brad Boys, there might have been a little method to uh, take the shot mid-stride and try to catch sure. him off guard. Okay. I, I do. Th- I'm not going to disregard the, the ability of a National Hockey League mm-hmm. shooter. These guys make it look easy. Yeah. Again, you know, you ask anybody who's playing men's league, they always put it five-hole, and they say, I can't do it. Mm. How do these guys do it against the best in the world? It's because the shooters are that good. Yeah, and the, look, the Bruins' defense, it, 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 it's – it's certainly not the same no. as it was, no. as it has been under Claude Julien. And I think for that reason, I look at this team and I say, well, what you need to do moving forward, if you're the Bruins, if you're Claude Julien, is maximize your offensive skill. Absolutely. And when we talk about maximizing offensive skill, we get into the conversation of now Brett Conley warms up last night, you mm-hmm. know, in, in the pregame warmups, yep. says he's getting closer. He is. Julien says he's going to be in. He will. He will, right? He it, should, and he should my be. My guess is, my guess. My guess is Saturday. Saturday. That's my guess. So not Thursday night in Detroit. Tomorrow night. Um, That's a big I, game because now I'm, you look at the standings and I'm you not say, hey, there no. are only two games behind Detroit. I'm not saying. Two points, excuse me. I'm not saying no, mm-hmm. but I'm saying if I had to put money on it, I would say Saturday would give me better odds because then he gets at least one, if not two more days of real practice, of contact practice and learning the system. And then if he comes back Saturday, not that Thursday wouldn't be great too to try it. Yeah. But it's a, uh, you know, you still have four games to go for Connolly before the, the playoffs <laughs> that they're yeah. trying to get to. Um, I just think that, um, I don't know, that's, my, that's just my, my intuition. And, and look, when, if one it's Thursday, three. if it's Saturday, right. if it's the game after that, what we do know is that they're trying to get him back into the lineup, and there are things that, are, that need to happen yes. when they do put him back in. Uh, you know, you got to move, I think, Krejci back to center. you got to then get rid of one of your other centermen. Uh, we'll, we'll talk yeah. about that in a second, but I want to go back to the Conley thing and the trade deadline. How, how did you feel Peter Shirelli handled the trade deadline? Did you like what he did? Uh, I was okay, but really questioning because, you know, in a sense of, with regard to Brett Connolly, mm-hmm. um, I, I know guys that have coached Connolly and John Cooper. I know him well, with Tampa Bay Lightning. I know people in Tampa very well. Um, they spoke highly of him. Yeah. Look, you're, he's not earth shattering 50 goal guy, you know, 40 probably, not, but consistently people have told me 25 consistently. He should be, could be. And now that, listen, Saying what other people say and then and using that as fact are two different things. So we need to see that from him. This could be a good opportunity for him because the Bruins now have strength in theory on the right side, and he's he's only twenty two. Yeah. So they're going to look to him if he if you know if he can get twenty five goals for you, that's great. I mean, all of a sudden you're you know of course you'd love a forty goal guy over there, but let's just look for him to be twenty five consistently. So with that said. Um, I still didn't love the fact that they didn't get another defenseman mm-hmm. at, at trade deadline. Of yeah. course not. That's my questioning of, ugh. But contrast that to the Andre Mazzaro steal, for instance. I'm actually okay that he didn't go out and get a guy like that 
that just didn't work out at all and give up the prices. And I was working up in Sportsnet in Canada at that time. The whole you saw the whole two weeks leading up to it were were astronomical. Yeah, like the real estate market in Southie. <laughs> you don't got to remind me of that. <laughs> so you know? you know what I mean. I mean they're they're, they're and if you're going to do it, just like if you're going to buy a place, you better understand the re- the risk and the rewards of it. My, my thing with Shirelli at the deadline is I'm glad he didn't, like you said, you know, overpay for someone because I think very easily he could have looked at his job and Absolutely. this team this year and said, you know what, Dallas, I'm going to give you a first-round pick for Eric Cole. You know, he could have overpaid in that sense, and I'm glad he didn't because I don't think a guy like Eric Cole was going to get this team over the top to help him win a cup. But when you go out and get someone like Brett Conley – I think you're thinking of next year as well. Absolutely. And even Max Talbot. Well, is, no, wait, you're thinking more than that because you have him until 27. I, yeah, exactly. Know? But but I guess my point is you're thinking of – you're not really doing that for this season. What is the old micro you know? versus macro? Yeah. You know, and I really – I failed that stuff at Michigan. I In fact, I didn't fail it. <laughs> I left those classes. So, you know what I mean? Like, those are – he's thinking bigger versus short term. And, and same with Talbot because Talbot's on a contract for very cheap next year too. Yeah. Uh, so – I do think next year's a, a, a but but then you know I, know. I defended Shirelli <laughs> for about three days. I said you know what I like what he did at the deadline. I really do. I think Conley can be a player. You look at that 2010 first round. It's a good first round. Sagan, Hall, Johansson, Skinner, mm-hmm. Tarasenko. Mm-hmm. I mean Kevin Hayes, 25th overall, yeah. having a nice season for himself in New York. Yep. I mean that's a good first round. Conley went sixth overall. I think you can put him in a position to play with either Krejci or Bergeron. Right-hand shot, big right winger, likes to shoot the puck. I think it's a great situation for the team and the player. And then three days later, he signs Riley Smith to a $3.5 million contract. I don't understand that. I'm not going to ever understand that. Fair enough. I mean, my guess is this. Both Krug and Riley Smith were pretty much handshake agreements after they signed these one-year deals. That's my take. Yeah. That, that, that's my, you know, mm-hmm. and that's, that's not uncommon, mind you, because – my guess is that they talk about, listen, um, you know, you're, I can't give you more than 1.4 this year. I can't. I, I can't. You literally can't. Literally cannot do it. Even if I wanted to, I couldn't do it. Yeah. Exactly. Deal with me. I'll deal with you down the road. And uh, I am not, I'm saying that's my take. I have no. And it's, a good, and, and it's certainly a realistic option. But it has to, it, put it this way, to me, it has to be the only option. Well, but remember this too, about, forget, take Riley Smith's name and contract or name out of it not his mm-hmm. contract take his name out of it yeah just because you've signed a guy doesn't mean you can't move that guy in fact in some instances it's almost easier because then there's fiscal certainty of the team that you're trading him to and therefore if you say to another team that says we saw riley score i don't remember his numbers exactly you know mm-hmm. but he's 20 we think he's a 25 goal guy regularly maybe a little more open system we see him uh, and run the power play at times. We see, yeah, he struggled a bit. He, Jesus, he wouldn't be the first player that had a little bit of a dip in his second full year in the mm-hmm. NHL. But and you know what? And he signed for two years. Might be like a trade there. We know what we're going to get, and we can. We need. We need a guy on our team that l- plays like that. And you know what? We have a, 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 a you know depth at this position in the Bruins. I'm just saying again. Take Riley out of it. Take Smith out of it. Don't think that a, tr- a contract doesn't help at times to move a player. It's not an unrealistic number either in the sense of if you look, if you think he is that type of guy, that Cam Atkinson level, the 20 to 25 goal guy, mm-hmm. that number's 
like it or not, it's right in there. Yeah, I mean, I guess me personally, I don't think he's that guy. I know it says 20 goals on a, on a piece of paper, but when you evaluate what's actually on the ice, to me, he's, he's, not, in that, he's not in that group. Um, but, but like you say, if you get a team that wants to pick that up, then, then so be it. I, I think the risk, the risk there is, you know, the fiscal risk that another team says, ah, that's a little too much because we actually don't think he's worth that, that amount. Well, then what you're going to, you're going to look for, hope for is that he has a bounce back year. And he gets you 22 to 28 goals, 25, give or take. Yeah. That's what you hope for. Well, we're looking at right now. And when you put Conley in the lineup, I'm not going to take Smith out. (laughs) <laughs> we got we got big fans looking in the window all day. Yes. What do we got? You what yeah. does he say? U.S. ski team. Yes. Guy's got a U.S. ski team. Four four, four time, time champ. There's an old guy coach. in crutches. Four time coach. Old guy with the U.S. ski team well, sweatshirt out the window. Ex- we got big fans. Wouldn't walking you by. hope that the U.S. ski team coach wouldn't be on crutches? <laughs> I mean, wouldn't you hope? Now, God forbid he's got something really wrong with him. <laughs> well, I'm going to go to hell. Well, hey, guess no. We're going to assume that, that maybe, you know, he, he's still. First, first sign that it's a bad thing. Bad he shouldn't still be skiing. That guy. Well, I don't know. Well, here he is. There now. He's he is coming in. Yeah. I hope the door's locked. I do, too. Because I think he's going to try to get in. I think our bouncer Tony's taking care of him. <laughs> uh, we got a lot of big fans walking by the yes, studio here at Beantown Athletics. But we were talking about Riley Smith. And, and Conley. And, and Conley. You move Conley in. I don't think Smith gets taken out. I think you you, you then move Krejci back to his center position, right? Right? Theor- theoretically, well, yes. me, Let's say me and you would do that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would. I would, yes. I would move him back to center. You have to. Because then, because what I think this Bruins team, one of their, their biggest traits, I, I think they're strongest down the middle. Krejci. Bergeron, uh-huh. Soderberg, uh-huh. Spooner, Spooner. I actually put Spooner ahead of Soderberg. Well, I really do. He's producing more than him, so yes. And and then you know you got the Campbell factor that's there. Don't we forget know Kelly. Kelly, he can true, play, that's but he can play he the hasn't. wing. Yeah. Um, but when I look at moving Krejci back to center, we're talking about five centers. We'll keep Kelly at the wing for the time being, unless you want to put him in that center category as well and say they have six, because that means then maybe you move Campbell to the wing. I don't know that I want to do that. Um. I, I might. I mean, on my fourth line, I might. You, you know, he might. If I, It could come down to this. Do you put Spooner in a third-line role yes. over Soderberg? And then do you say to Carl, who doesn't prefer center over wing, you say to him, listen, we're going to move you to the wing along with Louie. So it's you, Spooner, and Louie. Mm-hmm. Or do you move him out of the lineup what, do you, in general? Well, what about Campbell? Are you automatically a, keeping Campbell in? No, that's the, that's what I was saying. There's a, But But – but are you saying Soderberg's your fourth line center? Though? Sure, yeah, Soderberg, Kelly, Talbot. I think that's that's a heck of a fourth line. That's a, there's potential there. But then remember, who took the face off? Albeit, yes, he lost. Mm-hmm. But who went up to take face offs the end of the game on the left? Remember, the Bruins have one left-handed centerman that they go to regularly, regularly for face offs. <laughs> in Campbell, yeah. So now you're going to entrust Soderberg to take those face offs. I don't have the percentages in front of me. I'm going to guess. Campbell is above Soderberg by a couple of percent in the faceoffs, and he has the trust of his coach. I'm just saying, you, you know, you, we can sit here and we can sit here and mm-hmm. talk about what we would do when it all said and done. Doesn't matter what the hell we say, obviously. Yeah. What's Car- what's uh, Coach Julian gonna gonna think in that scenario? And does he say, okay, you know what? That's where I'll move Kelly to take those faceoffs. He hasn't taken as many this year, nowhere near as many as he did in the past. But he's good. He's good in the faceoffs. There's, these are the things you got to think about here. And do you keep 
immediately, and no matter what, Lucic, Pasternak, Spooner, mm. together. They, that's the other thing. Does that create, the, you know, play the hypothetical game? You get yourself into the playoffs, right? Yep. Matchups become an issue then. Coach Julian likes to match up. Now He's going to want to match up Spooner and Pasternak on the same line together? Well, no, I'm Which, saying he matches up against the other team's line. That's and, what I mean. And, yeah, he wants and, those two guys on the, on the same line. Well, but, but that's when they're most effective. See, here's the thing. You talked much earlier here about playing to your strength, which is offense. There's your strength. Mm-hmm. Get after it now. And that's the problem. That's not the Bruins' style when it's all said and done. And that's going to – listen, if you go cautious, if you go defensively against Montreal, you go heels instead of toes, I think you're going to be in trouble against the Canadians. Yeah. If you go toes, meaning you're going forward. You're going offense. Play them at their game. your offense. Play them at their game. Well, then that gets into Claude can't roll four. Because that's where you start. Because then the conversation of, well, who's the, who's the guy that's out? You know, is it Campbell? Is it Soderbergh? I guess that conversation doesn't really matter because we should be saying, well, maybe they shouldn't roll four lines as much as he likes to do. But, but, then, but I want to get back to that, that the, who plays with Krejci or the Spooner and Pasternak play together. Who are the top two right wings in this team, in your opinion? Is it Pas- Louis, Louis Erickson and Pasternak. Okay. So who plays with David Krejci if David Krejci moves that's back to the center? That's the question. Do you go to a Lucic, Krejci, Pasternak? Do you go to um, uh, Krejci in the middle, mm-hmm. Erickson on How one about, wing? Do you put Conley with Krejci? Maybe. Lucic, Maybe. Krejci, Conley. Maybe, yeah. Maybe. I mean, listen, I, 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 I'm, I'm telling I've, I've gotten to this discussion slash argument with a few other people. I'm a... I don't think that I think Louis Erickson's a hell of a player. Yeah, I do. Twenty twentieth goal last year. I know, time. and 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 he's in a different system style than he is in in Dallas. And mm-hmm. last year was a gong show for him, unfortunately, because of the head injuries, because of concussions, and that that trade. That trade is never going to leave him until he gets probably thirty goals and forty assists, which yeah. I don't know if he's going to get here with the Bruins. Seventy points. I was hoping sixty regularly. Anyhow. Um, you know, he's a hell of a player, and with Krejci, he could be really good, too. He, you know, because he gets to spots. He's really smart. He'll get the puck a lot and give it back to his centerman. He really will. He'll create. Look at his goal last against Florida. Mm. Hounding, hounding, stick. Not off. He's not slow, but he's not what you call ultra fast or quick. But, damn, his stick positioning is good. Mm-hmm. So that could be something, too. But I have no problem with Lucic and Krejci and Conley. The question we're going to have there. Is it will it will it force Lucic to move his feet as well as he has lately? He's really been good. Yeah, he seems to have. He's really good lately. The young kids have created sort of a spark in his game. Or you could say that maybe this is just Lucic getting closer to the playoffs, saying, "All right, this is where I actually have to step up my game." But you know, people talk all the time about what they do this offseason or what they would have done at the trade deadline, who they would have got rid of. And I do hear a lot of people frustrated with Lucic in the regular season and his play, especially this season. They look at his contract combined with it, and they say, get rid of this guy, get something for him. And, and the way I look at it is, if the Bruins next year are going to get back, you know, do some things in the offseason, get back to being serious contenders, I want Lucic on this team when you get to the playoffs. 82-game season, it's a long season. It could be frustrating again at times with the kid, but I think when you're in the seven-game series, I don't want him on the other side. I want him on my side. That's I the, want him on this team, and that's why I'm keeping him around for the playoffs. That's the fear. That's the fear that you have of moving him, mm. is he's going to go somewhere else and be that guy. Because for the longest and, time with this team, 
we looked at other teams in the playoffs and said, why can't we get guys like that? Why can't we get guys like that? Why can't we get a guy like Mashan? Right? All of a sudden, well, they listen, get a guy think, like that. Think in the of this. Think of this. Uh, yes, he'll give you big return. He will mm -hmm. if you traded Milan Lucic. But I, I'd like to think um, that next year he's going to want to prove his worth, given it to last year of his contract. And you need to see, you know, where he's at. I think you have time with a few of these guys. Not not all of them. I mean, you have to let's come on. You got to move. Somewhere. You've got to move somebody, and you've got to make some changes. Let's let's not think that this mm -hmm. is all you know rose petals and uh, yeah, in, in cotton candy here. We understand that. But if you're going to look to incentivize a guy, hello, there is one of the the when he's on, he's one of the fiercest, toughest son of a guns to deal with in the National Hockey League. No question about it. If he wants, you know, when he wants. If he can get himself going regular, I, look, it's a hard way to play all eighty-two. Let's yeah. let's not also for sure, you know. But he's he he should be very incentivized next year because it's in the last year of his deal. Why not wait a little bit? Why not wait and see how incentivized he is? Nothing wrong with that. I would. I, I don't. I, I he's still making six mil next year. Why not see if he's gonna put himself, you know, into that position to make another big contract or not? I, I don't think that's unfair, and I don't know if, if he would think that's unfair either. You know, I mean, yeah. every player's got to prove themselves at some point. So, how do you feel about this Bruins team right now? Let's say they get in. And I don't even want to put them in a certain spot. They are two points behind Detroit for that third spot in the division. Um, you know, but also at the same time, they're fighting for their playoff lives. Yeah. But, but to me, I, I don't think they're going to make noise when they get in. And it's not even because of the offense. I've never been someone under Claude Julien that sat here and looked at this team and said, well, they need to get that 30-goal score on the right wing, or they need that guy. I look at it and say, they've won with defense. I didn't feel that way before Claude Julien. I was the guy that said, keep Kessel. You know, I wanted, I wanted to keep Kessel. He said, he's a 40-goal scorer. Why would you get rid of him? Yeah, yeah, but you don't win with him. I don't but, think but guess what? They, they, Claude proved, proved me wrong, you know? But. He won it with defense. But. You, can, you have to have good defense to win. No question. You have to have very good defense. Game's changed, though. The game has changed. The quickness has changed. The style has changed. Teams are attacking the Bruins, okay? They're attacking them at their feet. They're going right at them. Mm -hmm. There's no fear anymore because it's not even just the Bruins. It's the style in general. Years ago, just a few years ago, what would the Florida Panthers be doing? Getting the puck in. One guy maybe forecheck the rest. Wait, wait, wait. No kidding me anymore. They get after it. Carolina, same thing. They don't maybe score a lot, but they get after it. And if you get back on your heels instead of going forward, if you're the Bruins, you're screwed. Because you're spending too much time in your own zone then. You are. So the Bruins need great defense. No question about it. The last few games, Char has been better. Seidenberg's moving better. You know, it, it's better. Is it is it perfect? Hell no. I I, I understand that. Let's let's we know that. Let's, mm -hmm. Again, not sugarcoat it. Um, but I think that if if they're gonna try and you know they they can't play, um, hoping to win a one nothing game. I mean, if you win it, that's awesome. Yeah. But Pasternak can score. Krejci can score. Bergeron can score. Spooner can score. Geez, he scored how many since he's mm. been up? So maybe it push it a little the other way. You know, you still win it with defense, of course, but get after it a bit too. But I guess my my thought process is this this summer, mm -hmm. off season, 
moves that you need to think of making. I mean, you got you lost a top four defenseman, and yeah. you you never replaced that. No question. Seidenberg, you know, he's it's looked tough for him this season. You, Barkowski, what you're hoping with Seidenberg, sorry to interrupt, Danny. What you're hoping with Sides is that he has the type of year that Louis Erickson's now having this year after the concussion stuff, and it's a, he'll get through this year. I think he would tell you it hasn't been the easiest year for him. Mm. It's been, it's been because up. of the recovery with the his, his 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 season has almost kind of mirrored the Bruins roller coaster ride. Inconsistent. Mm-hmm. I, I so you don't think about moving him and his uh, four no, I, th- I think about it, but I think about there's hardly any untouchables on this team now. That's the reality. There's a few. Chara. Um, you'll consider, but again, what I mean, what are you, what are you getting back? Yeah, I see. What, I think you don't. I think Chara. You don't. I think he's untouchable to me. I, I'm not moving but Chara. You will consider almost anything. If somebody calls me, I need to at least listen to what they're saying. That's my point. Okay. Don't you? Can't, I'm not. Don't. Do not. I'm not saying you are, but do not misinterpret my words. Saying yeah, mm-hmm. I, no. You'll because you've seen what you are, or maybe what you're not. Yeah. You'll consider almost anything. We know Patrice Bergeron's not going anywhere. No. Tukarask isn't going anywhere. I, don't I, think, I would hope Krejci isn't going I don't think anywhere. David Krejci's going anywhere. Okay? Mm-hmm. I don't think Char is going anywhere. I don't you're, you're got, I don't think Krug's not going to go anywhere, even though he's got a one-year deal. He's no, not going anywhere. Right. You need but, – but Peter Shirelli, he's a smart man. Of course he's made some mistakes. Every GM out there has. And by the way, as I rant on for a moment here, everybody's talking about, hey, you can't bring in any uh, you know, young guys in this. Well, Pasternak, Spooner's now – I mean, we also get into a we're kind of like sports has become kind of like the restaurant business. You have one bad meal, and I'm never going back to that place. <laughs> you have one bad game, and oh, that sucks. You know, I mean, it's the worst in the world. And uh, you know, people say at times, "Oh, you defend them too much." I, I'm, I'm trying to just talk rationally. Let's not jump off bridges every game. It doesn't make sense. Eventually, you're going to drown. I'm I'm giving Shirelli a chance to. To fix this this offseason. Yeah. Some people don't want to give him the chance. Of course not. Uh, I, I'm I'm keeping Julien in place if it means you're going to go out and, and improve some of the defense. Uh, they need a top four. Absolutely, Danny. They need yes, to go out and get Right them. away. But remember now, that's going to have to be via trade. The free agent market is drying up, shriveling up. Like Costanza in the pool or wherever it was. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's absolutely – it's uh, it's going it, – the, the free agent market is going nowhere. No. Uh. Teams are signing all their guys. I don't have a list in front of me. So there, there's going to be options. Johnny Boychuk, everybody kind of had this vision. Maybe he'd come back. They can't sign him to the kind of contract he got from the Islanders. No. can't. And I didn't think the contract would be that high. But what I said from day one is I'd be willing to take, the, take one more shot with him. Of course I would have been willing to take a shot with him this year. It was a big loss. It was a huge loss. They knew it. It was a huge loss. But here's the thing. We, I love this is the beautiful thing about Sports radio, podcast, whatever. You can sit there and play the what-if game. Mm. Well, it had been great to have him. Love the guy. On and off the ice. Wonderful. Wonderful. Important. Imperative, in fact, to having a winning team. Um, but what if the Bruins got themselves into that scenario where injuries happen? They're at the cap, if not literally pushing it, like um, within dollars. Yep. With them. And then they either have to go out and move somebody else that is equally as unpopular, or they get into the scenario where they can't call like the LA Kings had. They can't call people up for that game or two because of salary capital implications. Then all of a sudden people say, what the heck is going on? You mismanaged that. You can't, 
How are you playing a professional game with only 17 skaters? How are you doing that? My point is, there's always these scenarios that come up, and it's a, um, look, I didn't want to see him go. Are you kidding me? I, 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 I talked to two GMs after that trade happened, two other GMs. Mm-hmm. I said, is this a good return, in your opinion, to second-round picks? One guy said, yeah, it's pretty good. The other guy said, you kidding me? Two second-round picks, and especially being a good draft coming up for a guy that's going to be a UFA, it's really good. You hate to lose him, but it's good. Yeah. It's a tough business. I'm glad I'm not doing it. Trust me. I'm glad I'm not doing that at all. And by the way, other teams, next year, look at the purge that's going to happen in Chicago. My point is, you sign your big guy, Taves and Kane are going to make a combined almost $22 yeah, million. Yeah, that's nuts. But, you know, I, I, maybe sometime down the road they'll get, the, but they've they'll get criticized for that. But at the same time, you know, look, Sorelli gets criticized for mismanaging the cap now with these guys. And, and I don't really do that, you know, with the contracts he gave Lucic. Um, you know, the contracts that he gave some other guys. I, here's what happens. When you win a cup and you have a team that contends and almost wins another one, and in my opinion should have won another one, we can't go back to that But because I'm fired up about that still. I, they should have won another one. You, gotta, you like to keep that team together. I have no problem keeping the group together, keeping the core together. And to do that on a team that's that successful with some young, good players, you need to pay to do that. Every team overpaid. L.A.'s going through it, and Chicago's going through it. But, but the fact is L.A.'s won two cups. Chicago won two. The Bruins got to their second. Mm. You know, you want to mm. see it. But I agree. I'm with you. I'm with you 100%. It's how you manage the cap when you get to the point where you say, okay, we knew we were going to be in this position. Right. It's then the moves you have to That's make. Where you and need to, your and to me, and I said this, this isn't hindsight. I said it then. I said you, you have to make sure you keep Boychuk, and you have to somehow figure, you have to figure something out else. You need Boychuk. And they, that was the guy they cut. Yeah. So uh, I, I just disagree with that move. I agree what he did at the trade deadline, given what they had, what they looked like this season, what they yeah, didn't give up to, to overpay. I'm okay with that. I don't like the Smith contract, but we'll see how that plays out, as you said, possibility to maybe move him. Um, maybe, and, and maybe it gives him, like, I feel like at times he's pressing now. You know, a puck bounced over his stick against Florida. And of course. Kinda, you know, he, he slammed the stick a bit, and you could see the frustration. Um Make no mistake, this guy's trying. It's just not going for him right now. Maybe this gives him, uh, you know, you're hoping confidence. It hasn't seemed to come to fruition yet. What if I'm playing the what if game, which I don't, I always say not to do, but mm. what if they do get in the playoffs and he has a nice run in there and everybody's, there he is. He's, who knows? That's the beauty of sports. We get, a, we get to make all these prognostications. We get to throw everything at the wall. And if one of them sticks, we can say, ah, we were right. We were right. You know what I mean? Like, the point is, let's see what happens. The here. biggest positive of this Bruins team getting into the playoffs is getting the young kids like Spoon and Pasternak playoff experience. Yeah. Is getting them the playoff experience right now. My fear is that. Zach Trotman, My too. fear is that mm-hmm. Claude becomes Claude when they get to the playoffs and Spoon doesn't get the playoff experience. And I'll be sitting there cursing at the TV. He's really. watching from the ninth floor. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, um, That's my biggest fear. I, I, I don't think you're right. Um, that's going to be, he has to play him. He, he, you know, he has to, he, he has to. Now we did a time on ice at the end of the, in the post game last night on these guys, first, second, and third period. Spooner's more consistent. Pasternak's not as much, but he played him over five minutes in the third period. He got him up there. That's going to be a challenge to get him. I think 12 minutes minimum for these guys. You know, people say, oh, get him 18 minutes. I'm not ready to say they're an 18-minute player. You know, Gabriel Landeskog came in at 19 years old, but he's a man with Colorado. He was, you know, a 
already a physical man and yeah. he could handle some of the heavier minutes and there was a different team around him. I, I mean, Pasternak, I'd like to see, I mean, when I say minimum, I'm talking no penalty, no power play. He doesn't get a lot of power play time. He did a bit in the third, but, but no, no, you know, special team minutes. Get, get me at least four minutes a period with that kid at yeah. least. And I'd like to see him closer to 14 minutes overall, but that's going to be, you can't got to continue earning the trust. It's going to be, you know, it's it playoffs. The thing about playoffs, Dan, and you know this too, is you go on, especially with the Bruins starting on the road matchups. And right there, you've got to be comfortable with that. There's going to be a lot of Bergie go out, take the face off. That'd be Bergeron. Sorry for the nickname thing. Ber, you know, Bergeron, you go out there and you do it. Or Campbell or whomever, whomever's in the lineup. Let's, we don't know who's going to be healthy uh-huh. or not at that time. And then one of those other guys is going to jump on. Who, what's the best matchup for the Bruins? Now, do you think they'll get in? Let's just quickly. Do we, I think they'll get in. Even if they back in, I think they're going to get in. I think they're going to get in, but I've said that three times, tw- uh, two other times. So that's the third <laughs> meaning, meaning like, okay, I feel pretty good. Oh, I don't feel good. I feel well about it or good about it, and then I don't. Um, I do think they're going to get in. Um, I, I think they – I don't want to say they, they put the stake in the heart of the Panthers last night, but they put a good one, yeah. you know, in – Thank for the Bruins' sake. Thankfully, that didn't go to the three-point game. That's huge, right there. The Ottawa game goes to a three-point game with Detroit. And Detroit was winning one nothing in the third with period. Four left. Four minutes and two seconds left. MacArthur scored. Um, not a. It was a slap shot. We shouldn't have gone through, but it did. Digress for a moment. Um, I, I think that. I think the Bruins get in. Best I matchup do. for the bees first round. Are we looking at saying Tampa Bay and thinking well? Now, we don't know. Montreal is 102 points. Uh, Tampa yeah. Bay is 101. That could flip-flop. Again, Detroit is two points ahead of the Bruins. The Bruins could move up to third in the division. Right, and then there's the Rangers, too. I mean, Rangers, if the Bruins end up in eight, they get the Rangers. I wouldn't want to play the Rangers. I like the Rangers. Or Montreal. I no like... Rangers or Montreal, first of all. Well, you're screwed then because yeah. there's a good chance. I'm sorry <laughs> to break the news to you. Uh, don't go to Vegas. With I won't. Um I think they're going to end up playing one of the two of those teams. I mean, Detroit, yes, I know they're right behind. Detroit has a game in hand, though. They're, they're, Detroit has two points and a game in hand. Mm. Not insurmountable. Obvious statement of the, of the show, Thursday night's game, enormous. You win that game, and then, okay, you know, you think you can. I think the Bruins get in. Um, best matchup. I don't mind the way the Bruins play the Rangers, despite the fact I think the Rangers are damn good. Yeah. Who do they go with? I mean, are they going to stick with Lundqvist? At any point? Yeah, 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 yeah. They are. Yeah, yeah. They're going to get you gotta go Because you got to give Talbot some credit here. There's no question about it. But Tal- Talbot has done his job to the nth degree. But that's what he's paid for. That's why they gave him the one point whatever million dollar extension for next year. Because they believed in him. And he's worked with the goaltending con- coach there in, in uh, Benny Allaire. He's done a great job with him. Talbot's a big goaltender too. But this is Henrik Lundqvist's team. Let's give Lundqvist, yeah, let's I, being hockey fans, two or three weeks. Again, we forget that he, while he's been training for two weeks hard before he came back, he hasn't played in games for a long time. Let's give him a little time. I'm saying if the Bruins play him, I wouldn't mind if he crapped the bed a bit there. But, <laughs> you, you, you know, um, but point is, he's a hell of a goalie. You know, he's dominant. You know what team I'm, I'm scared of in the East? And, and this is, Washington. you know what, this is outside of the Bruins. Yeah. I don't think the Bruins are going to make a run. So Washington that's just where my mindset is. It's Washington. The Washington Capitals. Yeah. Holtby's been in the playoffs before. And he's done it to the, the Bruins in the playoffs. Yes, <laughs> he's done it to the Bruins in the playoffs. Ovechkin scores his 50th goal last night, six 50-goal seasons in his career now. 
it just you look at his career and you think there's got to be one of these years that he takes the team on his back. And if if he can get a goaltender that can take the defense on its back, then this is a combination well, to me that but, the Capitals can make a run and maybe even sneak up on teams if they're one of the wild card but look, spots. It's, but the reason that this team is better this year is because of their defense is better. Uh, they bring in, you know, they make the decision to bring in Barry Trotz, mm-hmm. and then they add Matt Niskanen, Brooks Orpik. Sorry to bring that name up, but you got to hear. Um, I don't think Brooks Orpik, you know, look, BC kid, uh, he, he is, you know what I mean? He's. He's effective. They overpaid for him, but that's what they had to do to get him right there. And you add him to John Carlson. You add him to Mike Green, who is all of a sudden their defense is pretty good. Yeah. Really pretty good. And Barry Trotz and his staff have gotten Ovechkin to completely buy in to what he. Now, getting Ovechkin to completely buy in is not saying he's a defensive forward now, but it's not that dissimilar to what Ken Hitchcock did with Mike Medano that year, and Dallas ends up winning it a couple of years later, where you don't say you can't score, it's saying. You can score as much as you want, buddy. You can't get scored on more than you score, though. Hmm. And that's what he's done with Ovechkin. What about the Western Conference? Um, what's Who's the team there? I mean, Anaheim, they've used a couple goalies all season. They're to mixing me it's the Chicago. goalies. To me, it's still it's Chicago. Chicago still. Chicago in third place right now in the Central Division. Not, that could switch. I mean, for all we know, Chicago uh, could end up... The, right, they could still mathematically get the number one spot in that division, right? And mathematically, they could get the one spot in the West. Things they're not going. They're, they're not, not going. Things not have gonna. to go right. Nashville and Anaheim have the top two. Um, here's the thing. Here, here's the thing. Yeah, I look at the West, and we'll start in the Pacific. And to me, I love Bruce Boudreaux, one of the one of the great gentlemen in the game. I mean, just a just phenomenal guy. I don't know if I believe in the team enough come playoff time. Now, I know they're big and strong up front. They've changed their defense up. They made some pretty significant changes around Sorry, around the trade deadline. Um, I'm, I'm just not 100% convinced the combination of that and the, and the goaltending. Frederick Anderson, to me, will be the starter. But he'll be on a short leash. Bob Murray's rolling the dice there. He knows it. He admitted it. Yeah, Gibson's been good, too. He has been good. But I think Anderson, I think the big Dane is the guy I'd go mm-hmm. with. Um I'm 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 not buying. Love the stories in Vancouver and Calgary. Love the stories. I don't buy them in a playoff run though. No, going me neither. Me Minnesota, neither. I don't. I would not. I'd have a hard time saying that they. I think they can make a bit of a run. They've battled some adversity this season. They I mean, have. They're looking at the coach. You know, they kind of what they what's happened with them kind of reminds me what was happening to the Bruins the year they won the cup. In the regular season. And here in Boston, with the, the year they won the Cup. Yeah, yeah. People wanted yeah. – they went on a long losing skid. A couple of them, people wanted Julian out. Well, you know. and they didn't start the playoffs exactly sparkling. <laughs> no. And, you know, the year before, we know what happened and, and yeah. the collapse that yeah. saw there. So, Minnesota, look, they wanted their coach out of there. That was as bad a losing skid, right, Mike as we've Yo, seen in the league. Yeah, Yo was going to be he, – he was he was out. Most likely. He called. He was yelling at the team, right? There was a video of him throwing F-bombs at practice. Slamming the, the rank. stick. Yeah. yeah, it was great. No, I, I've known Mike for a long time. Passionate guy, and like a lot of coaches are, and, and it boiled over. I like the team. Remember, they also have playoff experience a little bit. They beat Colorado last year in a great series in round one. Question there, can Devin Dubnik pull off what he's been doing in the regular season? Mm. And has this team been on this really – uh, you know, great run. Can they sustain it come playoff time? You know, do you get do you get into the playoffs and you do? Oh, holy Christ, we made it! You know, we geez, we made it. Now we can. Or, and I think they got a lot of good character guys. Or do they keep it up? Keep the foot on that's, the gas. That's going to be the question. So, um, 
St. Louis has got some issues going on there as we look at the Central right now. It's still a good team. Uh, I don't know if it's got enough toughness come playoff time, mm-hmm. believe it or not. So I look at, I, I guess I would look at Chicago and either Minnesota and Anaheim. But again, we don't know the matchups. Let's, we, you got to get the matchups. Are we ruling done. out the Kings? I mean, it. it I never. Looked at two I never out of the playoffs. Out. I never rule them out. They've, but here's the funny. Now they've lost two. Here's the difference. This, this is the. Here's your big difference between the Kings and, and like the Bruins. Kings have lost two in a row, and they have been on the the precipice of falling out all year long, and then oh they're going to be in right. Same thing of the Bruins basically, mm-hmm. but yet everybody says don't count the Kings out. Never count the Kings out. They could still win it. They'd be a favorite. I'm not hearing people say that. Yeah, I've heard a few people say you never know with the Bruins, but it's a it's a different feel. Different, completely it's, it's different. A, it's a different feel, fair or not. I'm just saying from around the league, and I'm talking to people you know every day around the league. That's that's the thing. Yeah, I mean, if the Kings get in, I wouldn't be surprised if 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 they didn't, or if they got in and they lost early in the first round. Look, that's a we know that the Stanley Cup hangover is real, and really because as people always say, it feels like a baseball season. You know, if, the season before and the season, you don't get much of a break. Right. And as their coach pointed out. You know, everybody else gets you know gets more time to heal. We don't. I get. He sounds like they a, played three seasons. They played four seasons in three years. Yeah, LA. It's tough. If you, could, it's not an excuse. These guys. It's it's not even the physical part of it though, Danny. It's not that. I've talked to Daryl Sutter about this a few times. It's the mental part of this. He knows that his team, who he loves, loves. He loves this these, these, this team. Even this year's team loves him. He knows how hard it is, and they know how hard it is emotionally, to get it done. Not to get in, but to get it done. And I think that's the question. And that's why he's told me on more than one occasion, that's why every year he feels you need five new players on your roster. You need that new blood, the new energy, mm-hmm. the new impetus, the new yeah. reason to win. You know, there's, there's the guys that haven't won it that need to prove themselves. There's the guys that haven't been on the team that want to prove to their teammates that they can do it. There's the guys on the team then that say, hey, let's get one for this guy. Or he also might be taking my job next year. Yeah. Right? It's called internal competition. Whether it's trade, draft pick, free agency, whatever. He says you need five new guys. You need a quarter of your team basically transformed every year. That's, inter- that's an interesting thought. I don't know that I've I actually looked at it like that. But uh, it certainly makes sense when you break it down. The way, you know, inside internal competition. Yeah, it does. It makes sense. And I what do you think the Bruins are having Bruins, right now? Yeah, exactly. I, I, yeah, they, well, they need more of it. They need more of that this offseason. That's fine, and I, I hope they do get it. And, I, you know, they're, they're, they're going to be pushing. You're, you know, Zach Trotman is on a one-way contract next year. He's on a one-way deal. So he's going to push somebody. There's I been, like what I a, see out of him. His footwork is better, and his confidence level is better. He's a great kid, too. He's, he's a great kid. But my point is there's going to be Spooner and Pasternak are going to continue to push. Mm-hmm. Hopefully you get one other guy, whether it's a Furlan, whether it's Koklachev. I freely admit I have not been able to watch Providence play this year. I just don't have the time. I talk to people down there regularly and everything, but will one of those other guys push? That's what you hope. Will one of these free agents that they sign? I don't. I don't know if they're ready to come in. You know, they they signed a few kids lately. Does that just add to the depth mm-hmm. to then push other people too? That's what you hope for. Uh, and you know, they, they, by the way, great goaltender at, at uh, North Dakota. He's coming here to play in the Frozen Four. 
Frozen Mac Four, and that you you set me up for that because, and I know look, which I is, did not know we were going to talk about. This is college. No, we're not going to really get into it. I mean, maybe if you want to give a, a couple picks, you can get it. But there's a name, and mm-hmm. you know this this team, this player is not in the Frozen Four, but he was in uh, the tournament leading up to it. Harvard's Jimmy Vesey. The news today is that Jimmy Vesey, local kid too, by the way, yeah. he's going to go back for a senior season. Um, Nashville Predators, however, mm-hmm. have spoken out, the GM, and said, we think he's ready to step in and be in the lineup right now. Now, this is a Nashville Predators team yep. that is first place in the Central Division yep. and the number two seed in the West, saying that this kid can come in and step in right now. With that said, is this a good decision for Jimmy Vesey to go back to college for one year? One more year? You know, I, I, this is my belief, and this is <laughs> if this is what if that's what he wants to do in inside, if he wants to go there, whether it's to play with his team to get to a national championship, which they didn't get this year, but they mm-hmm. made the NCAA tournament yep. after a year of adversity and injuries there for sure, or he wants to go back, or in addition, get his degree if that's it, good for him. People are going to say, "Are you kidding me? All the money he can make and the opportunity, and he can always go back and get his degree." I don't disagree about all that, but you know what? We're always making decisions for other people. If that's what he wants, and good for him. Now, if he's doing this as a ploy, not to you know become a free agent, and not sign with Nashville because mm-hmm. that could, what could happen because of the CBA <laughs> yeah. rules, then he's making a business decision that he's going to have to. Roll the dice with. Well, I mean, is he? He should be okay in the sense in the sense of he's going to be a big time free agent out there, like mm. like Hayes was, like Kevin Hayes, right? Yeah, and so there's that there's that opportunity. Is it a smart decision? I'm all for people doing what they feel best with. You know, we're always making decisions for other people all the time. Who the hell am I to say if it's good or not? If the kid really wants, you know, uh, look, I don't know him personally. I know about him. I've seen him play. You know, I watch him on TV. I never did. I didn't do one of his games this year. I did all Hockey East and then the NCAs for for ESPN. But everybody raves about him. I mean, sublime skills. And he is, from what I hear, he has the he is ready to try and step into the NHL. He's yeah. got that kind of skills. He once beat us in the Southie three on three street hockey tournament a couple of years ago. Eliminated oh. us from that um, street hockey. Oh, you you haven't seen the video? No, I haven't. Wow, we're gonna have to send it to you. We, me and Pete, put together a YouTube movie. Called 363, The Road to the Southie 3-on-3. It's a 36-minute YouTube movie. It has over 40,000 views right now. And it has two NHL players in it. Keith Yandel makes a a great appearance. Uh So does Jimmy Hayes. Uh uh, Award-winning type shit. And basically... We're gonna we're making a sequel. It's it's in the works, and it's gonna be much bigger than this first one. But we we wanted to reenact HBO's twenty four seven Road to the Winter Classic. Very good. We have this huge street hockey tournament in Southie. It's on rollerblades. Sixteen oh, okay. teams. All right. So four guys. Uh, oh, so it's, it's legit. So it's, uh, no, no, no. I, I, but I I thought it was street hockey, as in no. on, on your feet. No, well, there's people that play street. They like call pro street beach hockey. hockey. Yeah. Right. Yeah, roller you're, hockey. you're playing roller hockey. Roller I got hockey. You. Okay. It's a roller hockey tournament. Like it. All right. I guess we just call it street hockey because we've never really played on feet. I never played on feet growing up. And, you know, when we were seven, eight years old in the School, street, yeah, we right, would. Exactly. But, you know, then when you're old enough to, when you're able to cross the street, you know, when your parents let you cross the street and, and skate down the block to the rink, right. you know, you're not playing on feet. You're playing anymore. the roller rink. Yeah, you're yeah. playing on roller yeah. hockey. So yeah. we have this video, and, um, you know, and it's about this tournament. And Jimmy Vesey actually was supposed to be in it, and we cut his pot. Because it just didn't work out with the script. <laughs> so he might not be in the sequel if we try to get him in the sequel. Uh, but we'll, we'll send it a link. We'll make sure. He's a hell of a player. Yeah. He's, he, I, I mean, 
Has he officially made his decision? I don't know. Do you know? I mean, I they, have no idea. I don't think. Well, so. yeah, I, he has. The news is that he's staying at Harvard. He decided. But I that. mean, that's that that's what he says. That could change. Can that change? Sure, can Nashville call him and be like, hey, you know, can, we could use you tonight. They can, call, a, his, <laughs> they can call his advisor. Yeah. They can call his advisor. So we'll, we'll see what happens uh, with that. They're a good team at Harvard this year. They had a lot of injuries, a lot, and then they overcame them. They got some guys healthy. They go back to their – they got into the NCAAs. Um, there's some unfinished business there, too. That could be something, too, you know? Yeah. Well, unfinished business. Uh, we'll see what happens with the rest of the playoff race because the Bruins, unfinished business, we don't even know if they're getting in yet. Right now, if the playoffs began today, they would be in. And that final, final wild card spot, as we mentioned, a big game, huge game for the Bees uh, tomorrow night, Thursday night in Detroit. Uh, but do you have any sort of... Before we let you go, any sort of Stanley Cup prediction? Do you guys make those? I mean, will you be making those before you go into the playoffs? Like, do you have – do you are – I know we gave you – you gave you favorites, but do you sit there already and have this team over this team? Do you break it down like that or no? Is it too early for that for you? This is the key to being a good analyst. When you go on – I'm not putting myself in that position, but – or with that title. When you go on different shows, what you do is you pick different teams to do well. Mm. So eventually you can – if you do you 10 of these – well. You say, right, I said that back in February. And, you know, well, I, you know, I said that. And then you always get that one fan who calls you out and says, you said it on the – I hate predictions because most of the time they're wrong. Um, you feel good oh. when they're – you feel Apparently good when Apparently like, you haven't looked at my NCAA college basketball pool, <laughs> right? Three of the four final fours, baby. Your predictions can't be, you know, aren't so bad when you win the money. There you go. But. See, now you feel good. You'll feel like crap next year when none of them get in, right? <laughs> and, and you'll question your worth, and you'll say, I shouldn't be doing podcasts anymore. Oh, I don't know. And that, you say, you're going to get the U.S. ski team coach to come in here and host. Then. <laughs> is that guy still around? Where is he? Where'd he go? I only wish this was on video and so people would see me. I, I, no, I, I don't sit there and do it. Um, what I will do, I don't know if Sportsnet will ask me for it or not come playoff time. I don't – I'm I, Ness and May. You know, I think we did last year. I think we had to pick things out. When you get a, a vision of who the matchups are, you understand, okay, one, this team's going to be playing that team. This wild card team is going here. I may make a prediction, you know, then, because that's what we do yeah. in this business. Well, I couldn't let you go without at least I don't have. I, you I don't, don't have, have a have prediction it. right now, but I can give you one later. I, yeah. I mean, I, I, I think Chicago, for, I, I think they find a way. Vermette's got to start scoring sooner or later. He hasn't there. I think Kimo Tiemann in his last hurrah will help them a bit. Uh, Jonathan Tay is one of the best leaders around. I, I just, I don't know. I believe in this team. You know, I, I just think they can do it. I think they'll get out of, of the West. And then when they lose in the first round, I'll say they were crap all along. And then, um, you know, they were overrated. And, and the East, I don't, I don't have a, t- the East is, the East is better than people think it is now. The teams are better. You, we brought up Washington. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pittsburgh, I can't figure out. I just, I don't know, man. I don't know. The Islanders to me are the Pittsburgh of the last few years and that they're incredibly fun to watch. Great energy, great excitement, but come playoff time, I don't know if I'm buying. The issue there is going to be if it ends up being Pitt and the Islanders in the first round, oh, count me in. I'll watch that. I'll watch that. That'll be They just had a battle. When when did they battle in the playoffs? Was it two years ago? It was, uh, uh, yeah, when when Brooks Orpik scored the the game six goal in the island Mm -hmm. off that deflection that that went in. And that was was just, that was awesome. I I mean, the East to me, it's it. I, I really like what Tampa has, but they're facing so many injuries right now. They've lost Hedman. They've lost Garrison. They've lost Coburn. You can't win without any of those guys on the blue line or with those guys out. And what does Ben Bishop do? Is he as good as people think? I think he's a very good goaltender. 
I don't know if he's great. I think he's very, very good, yeah. though. You know, I think he, I think he is. But he is the big question mark there. Now, they, they, they didn't have him last year in their first round. They lost to uh, Montreal. And to me, Montreal, what are they? You look at the numbers and you say, really? Really? Come on. Like, you know, like, but yet they, they win. And they obviously beat the Bruins. Hmm. I mean, the Bruins have scored more goals than the Canadiens. Yeah. This season. But they have Carey Price. Yeah. Who has been great? I mean, the Bruins have Tuca, but you know, I, I, I don't Look, even Tuka's think Tuca's been great. I still, I think the Canadians will beat the Bruins. I don't even. I, I people say let's bring the Canadians to town. Let's play Montreal. I'd I'm like, I'd like that. to play Montreal's, and I mean, in the sense of let them be the number one seed. Let them have the pressure. Shoes on the other foot. The yep. expectations, but the Bruins can't play cautious mm-hmm. against them. We'll see if they're capable of doing that be fun or not doing it'd that. be fun all right billy listen uh thanks for coming in studio we appreciate it um you do a great job there on nesson and we love watching you so uh this is special to have you in uh joining the show uh thank you again pleasure to be here thanks for having me all right just wrapping it up real quick uh couple closing thoughts here tiger woods did play at augusta yesterday more money in vegas being put on the cubs than any other team in major league baseball as we get ready to go sunday night And uh, NFL, Mariota doesn't plan to attend the draft. Neither does Jamin Winston. My take, the NFL's going to have to stop paying these kids to show up. Why not? Give them a couple couple extra bucks. I'm here five days a week, dannypicard.com. Subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, and on the TuneIn app. Follow me on Twitter, at Danny Picard. Sam Kennedy, Red Sox COO, joins me in studio tomorrow. Talk to you then.